career success, no fears, no excuses. This podcast will discuss and debate professional development and job search strategies from baby boomer, millennial, and Gen Z perspectives that will help facilitate the accomplishment of your career goals. You're here with Jessica Duplessis and John Cares with Job Transitions, Inc., and today we're here to discuss the education and professional experience sections. Welcome to the Job Transitions Job Search Strategies podcast. My name is John Karras, and I'm the president of Job Transitions, Inc. As usual, it's my honor to present this podcast with Jessica Duplessis, who's been my associate with Job Transitions for over seven years. Thanks, John. This episode will focus on two resume sections, the education, certification, and licenses section, and the professional experience section. During the last episode, we spoke about the professional summary or profile section, which should always be the first section of your resume after your name and contact information. The next section will either be the education section or the professional experience, employment history, or work experience section, which I like to call the body of the resume. If your job target requires certain unique licenses, degrees, or certifications to even be considered for the job, that should be the next section. If not, then the professional experience or employment history section should be the next section whichever section is the most marketable to your job target. I know from my personal experience working in the wealth management industry that there are some very marketable finance and insurance-related licenses which might be required for the job, such as FINRA Series 7, 6, 65, 63, and others. The structure of that section could be written like this using two subheadings. First subheading, licenses. Bullet point, FINRA Series 7, 6, 65, and 63 licensed. Next bullet point, life, health, property and casualty, and variable annuities insurance licenses. Next subheading, education, Bachelor of Arts, comma, economics, comma, DePaul University, comma, May 2011. Next line, minor degree, psychology. Bullet point, semester abroad, comma, economics, comma, University of London. This is also true for most elementary middle school, high school, and special education teaching positions. The job seeker must have certain degrees, certifications, endorsements, or licenses to even be considered. In that situation, the education, licenses, certifications section should be next. Here is an example of the structure of that section simply using slashes to make one subheading. You might be able to save a little space this way. For example, education, slash, certifications, slash, endorsements. That's the subheading. Under the subheading, Master of Public Administration, comma, Program and Project Management, comma, Governor State University, expected fall 2020. Behavior Analyst Certification, comma, Ball State University, May 2018. Master Education. Special Education Endorsed, National Lewis University, December 2014. Bachelor of Science, comma, Elementary Education, comma, Biola University, May 2011. Endorsements, Learning Behavior, slash, Elementary Education, slash, General Science, slash, Social Science. In these sections, the degrees, licenses, certifications, and endorsements are unique and required for the job. So that was the next section after the professional summary or profile. 
Notice the expected graduation date strategy. You can display a quote-unquote expected graduation date, especially if the expected graduation date is rapidly approaching. In fact, currently pursuing a degree can be very marketable due to the fact that the information you're learning is current and up-to-date. Now, this is not to say that if the position requires an associate's degree or even a bachelor's degree or even an advanced degree, this section should be the one that is next after the summary. It should be next only if there is a special or unique degree or endorsement or certification that is required for the job, such as the endorsements for a teacher or the insurance licenses for the financial services representatives. John. I have found that some job seekers do not want to list a graduation date for an undergraduate degree as they feel it might give away their age. What do you think about this issue? That is fine and many job seekers do that. In my opinion, the date should be used if recent or you are using the expected graduation date strategy. Now, let's move to the professional experience, employment history, or work experience section. Wait a minute, John. You mentioned all three of these subheadings before. Which one should it be? That's a good question. In my opinion, I think the subheading should be professional experience if the job seeker has any experience in the professional world at all, including part-time jobs. But any of those subheadings work well. Perhaps a student or young job seeker with not very much job experience at all might be more comfortable using employment history or work experience. This section should include the names of companies you worked for, job title with associated bullet points and dates. Most professional resume writers will say go back 10 years if you have that much or more actual job experience. This experience can consist of full-time jobs, part-time jobs, and internships. I think you can probably go farther back than 10 years if the older positions are still marketable to your job target. Sometimes that could just be the company name if associated with the specific industry you are targeting or a job title that's still marketable. Sometimes that is the only information you need, no bullet points. I call that itemizing jobs, which we will discuss in a few minutes. Your current position and more recent positions should have at least enough bullet points to effectively communicate your overall accountabilities and accomplishments. Try to use your keywords when writing the bullet points. For example, if leadership is one of your key words or quote-unquote points of marketability, you should write a bullet point that communicates that skill. Additionally, try to write the bullet point so you're not simply telling the reader what you did. Try to identify a benefit to the company or an accomplishment associated with that responsibility. The bullet point construction chapter of this podcast discusses this in much more detail. In my opinion, the maximum number of bullet points for any one position is eight. Once you get past that number, it starts to become a laundry list of bullet points, especially for more senior-level people with many accountabilities across multiple areas. It is quite common that they will have more than eight bullet points to display. If that's the case, use subheadings. Select two, three, maybe even four subheadings, if necessary, that each bullet point could be placed in. Subheadings could be many things such as customer service, marketing, sales, operations, sales operations, client management, financial operations, financial management, sales management, achievements or accomplishments. Entry-level job seekers might want to use soft skills for their subheadings such as leadership, communication, problem solving, and so forth.
Another point to consider is the order of the bullet points. Which one goes first? Which one goes second? And so on. Use your highest prioritized point of marketability first and work backwards from there. You should already have them prioritized by completing the points of marketability exercise, which we discussed in Chapter 3. The first bullet point should be the one that is the most marketable to your job target. In some cases, that might not be the one that you did or do most of the time. Here are some real examples of recent clients we have worked with and the subheadings we ended up using for their resumes. First client. A controller for a major financial institution. Subheading. Management and leadership with six bullet points. Next subheading. Internal and external compliance with five bullet points. Next subheading. Treasury operations with four bullet points. Now another client. General manager for a worldwide hotel chain. First subheading. General management and leadership which had six bullet points. Corporate operations and project management had six bullet points. And lastly, subheading, achievements, four bullet points. You can also include a brief definition, two or three lines maximum, of the company, if that helps your case, especially if the company you work for is a global company, an industry leader, or is involved in the specific or related industry that you are targeting. It can communicate scope of operations or experience in a specific or related industry. For example, ABC Company is a wholly owned subsidiary of XYZ Incorporated. The company is a global leader in the pharmaceutical industry and conducts business operations worldwide. That is the scope of operations and identifies a specific industry. You have experience with a company that conducts worldwide operations within the pharmaceutical industry. That might be extremely marketable depending on your job target. Here are the subheadings we used working in collaboration with that client along with that definition. First subheading, sales management. Under that, seven bullet points. Second subheading, training and development. Under that, five bullet points. Third subheading, products and specialties. One bullet point, but it was three lines long, itemizing the specific products under his management which the client indicated was important to do. Fourth subheading, accomplishments, four bullet points. Now, John, another common question I get asked by clients is how do you display multiple positions within the same company? That is a good question. There are several ways to do this, but the method I prefer is to use bold type and regular type on the dates to communicate this. For example, name of the company, ABC Company. Use bold type and all capital letters to communicate the company name and overall dates with that company. Then, insert the company definition if you decide to use one. Under the definition, or the company name, display your most recent job title at the company using bold type, but not all caps. When displaying the dates you held that specific job, Use regular type, not bold. Write your bullet points under that job title. Then list the second job title, again in bold type but not capital letters, and use regular type to display the date you held that position, and so on. 
all dates should be right justified on the page. So the bold type by the company name will display the entire time you are with that company. The dates for each job title will be in regular type, not bold, which will indicate the time you spent in each specific job. For example, ABC Company, bold type, all caps. 2015 to present, bold type, right justified. Reader sees the total time spent with the company. Under the company, my most current job title, Accounting Manager, bold type, not all caps. 2018 to present, regular type, right justified. Associated bullet points under that job title. The previous position to the accounting manager was staff accountant, which would be in bold type, not all caps. 2017 to 2018, regular type, right justified. Associated bullet points under that job title. The next previous position was accounting coordinator, using bold type, not all caps. 2015 to 2017, regular type, right justified, and associated bullet points under that job title. If you use this method, you will need to make sure that you bold the date by the company name rather than by the job title for all jobs on a resume to remain consistent. If you have other companies to place on the resume, it would be displayed like this. XYZ Company, bold type, capital letters, 2017 to 2019, bold type, right justified. This will be consistent with a company where you had multiple jobs. Job title, accountant, no date needed. The date is communicated by the company name and you only held one job at this company. And then associated bullet points. There is one last strategy you can use for the professional experience section if space is an issue or you want to display some older jobs with at least the company name and job title. This is the itemization strategy I briefly mentioned before. Here's how it works. Display your most current jobs with robust bullet points. Once you get to the older jobs, but still want to include them, you can itemize the remaining jobs and associated job titles and dates. You simply write the company name, comma, job title, comma, and dates you held the position, but with no bullet points. That takes up only one line. Let the job title alone communicate your responsibilities. For example, ABC Company, comma, Sales Manager, comma, 2012 to 2014. Directly under that, XYZ Company, comma, Customer Service Manager, comma, 2010 to 2012. These two positions will only take up two lines, but at least the reader will see that you have experience in both customer service and sales management by reading just the job titles. It's just a good way to save space and communicate additional experience in specific areas for older jobs. Now you can complete the resume with sections such as education, if not used after the summary profile, professional organizations, volunteer experience, technical experience, and language skills, which we will discuss in the next chapter. A big thank you to all the people who have listened to our podcast. We've received some positive feedback. If you enjoy our Job Search Strategy podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. Until next time, this is Jessica Duplassi. And this is John Karras. For a free resume review and initial consultation, click on the link in the description or visit us at www.jobtransitions.net.